Well, hello. Welcome back to the Kingsway Podcast. I'm Trevor. Glad you're here. Man, a lot has changed in our world in just a couple minutes, uh, in a couple days, in a couple weeks. Um, it just seems like uh, things are just moving so fast and things that I don't even think we're on a lot of people's radar <laughs> as, as something that could happen has happened. Uh, today's podcast is going to be a little different because of that. Um, I felt felt wrong to just kind of rush on and just kind of ignore and uh, maybe even just pretend like this isn't really going on. Um, and so because this is a free-flowing place of creativity and uh, honestly we're trying to learn, uh, I think it was healthy to take us time and just uh, maybe just uh, focus in on what's going on around us, take a moment to figure out what we're thinking, feeling, and ask some difficult questions, maybe even ask you some questions about what you think about what's going on. I know for me uh, personally, this has been a really interesting time where I've kind of relished the time with my family, but I've also had some difficulties in the sense of what's coming in the future. Maybe you're like me where you're kind of, uh, you're like enjoying it, but you're also somewhat worried about how long it's going to go and how difficult this is going to be. I mean, this whole idea of a pandemic, you know, like I, I, don't, I knew that word, but I didn't understand exactly what that meant. Uh, maybe you're like me and you see a lot of the information that's online. You watch some of this stuff and you're like, holy cow, like, who do I believe? Who do I trust? And I know even for me, the political world seems to be even more divided than ever. And you were on one side before this started. You've dug your feet into that side and you're trying to figure out which direction to go. And maybe you've been swayed by one side or the other, or maybe you're just deciding to kind of just buckle up and see how this all plays out. But wherever you're coming from, I know that the biggest part for me that I've been thinking about is spiritually. And I know it seems to be a honing factor for me. Um, this seems to be something that I've just thought about things that really matter more and things that I care about more. And if anything, what I lost or what I would lose from the what ifs um, wouldn't be something that maybe would be all that devastating as long as I had some other things that could be there. And I don't know if you're coming from a position of being fearful yourself, maybe your own health, maybe you're in a position where you are one of the uh, people that are at risk and you're worried uh, about the future of your own health. Maybe you're just coming from a position like, like more like me where I, I don't necessarily feel like I'm at risk, but I feel like my actions could lead to someone else possibly being at risk. And I haven't felt that weight before where I know that my actions have consequence, but now it's like legitimate consequence could be happening. And I, I feel like that just affects my soul at a deeper level some days and the weight of that can be real. And so for the next couple of minutes, I, I just want to give you a chance to process this because what we get to do now is because it looks like this is going to be for at least uh, looks like till April 30th is what we're hearing now. Um, and that could change before this even comes out, but it looks like April 30th is what we're looking at right now that President Trump has said the the extending kind of these guidelines of social distancing. So we have a few weeks to figure this out together. So what do we want to talk about? Like what do what do you and I want to discuss over the next few weeks? What should we discuss? How should we talk about this? Should we dive into some subject matter? Should we should we look at the situation from a scientific level? Should should this just be something spiritually that we take some time to go back to the basics and just look at what really matters and ask those difficult questions? I don't feel like I I should be making the choices completely on my own. So here's how you can participate. If you're on YouTube right now watching this, first you can do is subscribe and click the notification bell, and hopefully you've already done that. But the next thing you can do is comment on what you would want to talk about over the next few weeks. 
What do you think would be relevant to discuss? And how could it be helpful? You know, one of the things we say at Kingsway all the time is, we're not in this to make a point. We're trying to make a difference. Jesus didn't come down and point at a bunch of people and tell them they're wrong. He came down and interacted and made a difference. And we are his ambassadors. So that's what we're trying to do in this you know, current era. How do we make a difference, not a point? I don't want to stand at a distance. I want to get involved. And that doesn't necessarily happen physically right now, but it can definitely happen spiritually. So what do we need to discuss? How do we need to move forward? What are, what are some of the things that we can do um, to, to do that? I think, I think that you as a the, the listener can have an impact by just your thoughts. Um, and I'm not saying every comment we're going to make a video about, but I do think there's going to be some comments that I think we'll cling to and we'll say, hey, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. So hopefully you'll leave one down below. As we're waiting for those, I'm sure, just to roll in by the hundreds, Jed, right? Just roll in by the hundred. He is nodding back there, believing that that's what's going to happen. As we're waiting for those, roll, I just want to share a couple thoughts to where my mind's at, where my heart's at in all this. And I told you I've had a little anxiety and worry. And there's definitely been parts of me that have been frustrated, um, a little disappointed. There's definitely parts of me that I'm like the easy go lucky guy, like whatever, every day is the same anyway to me. I don't think about the world past tomorrow. And then there's been other parts of me that are just like depressed and just like wish it was over and <laughs> just wish we could go back to some, of them, you know, some, some resemblance of normal. But I know what has happened to me in my family. And I can just tell you from a family standpoint, I have loved the time with my kids. And I have an eight, six, and a four-year-old. And they are at an age where they still think I'm Superman and that I walk on water. And they think I'm just the greatest thing um, since uh, Superman. In fact, my eight-year-old came to me yesterday and said, Daddy, can you teach me how to, how to get strong and be like you? And he like gave me like a Superman pose. And uh, of course, his mom heard that and laughed, which I was like, what are you telling him? <laughs> I'm not strong. And, and I said, well, buddy, you got to eat all your vegetables and you got to sleep well at night. And he said, well, that can't work. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, it's just been those fun little interactions right now that I've seen myself where I didn't realize the time that I had with my kids was so precious. And the more I've had space to be with them and not rushed from thing to thing to thing, um, I have learned to treasure that time more than ever. And I'm hoping that my mind, if we stay in this and my body and my spirit can learn to stick with this long term. Uh, one of my favorite quotes that comes uh, from Dallas Willard is from a, a book that actually John Aldridge wrote. Um, it, it's, it's an incredible quote, but he just says this, hurry is the enemy of your soul. And when Dallas wrote that, his thought process was Jesus and God are never in a hurry. And so when you hurry, it is actually not in step with the spirit. It's not in step with the spirit. And I've heard that quote and I've quoted that to myself and other people, but I don't think I've ever experienced my life without hurry to know the difference, to know the difference. And when I heard that, I knew it was true, but I had not experienced it to be such until I feel like the last two weeks. Uh, in fact, I don't know if you experienced this, but it took me a few days when things really slowed down to even stop hurrying in the lack of things to do. Like it would be like these moments where you're like, I got to hurry and do what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I have nothing to do. And, but yet I would still be in a hurry. And I think for, for a lot of us, that's a difficult thing to recognize that we were trapped in lives that were hurried, 
and difficult and challenging. And a lot of us had put ourselves in that position. Now, I know we can't stick in a place where nobody's working and nobody's seeing each other. And nobody's, I, I get that. But I also can't ignore the fact that I have more control over that schedule and my hurried life than I thought. And I think for me, that's something that I'm evaluating day to day on how and what my life should look like when, I, when we get back to normal. Do I want to hurry back to normal? Not right now. I don't. Do I want lives? Of course. Do I want people to have economic situation? Do I want lives to be normal for a lot of people that are suffering and hurting? Absolutely. But do I want to miss the point of what Jesus is teaching me? No, I don't. Andy Stanley says one of the saddest things that can happen is wasted suffering. And when I heard that, I was like, ooh, wasted suffering, because suffering is something that none of us want to go through, but God loves to use. And I know for us and for myself, this is a time of suffering for a lot of people. I don't want to waste it. And I think the lesson that I'm hearing from God most personally is, why are you in a hurry? Why are you in a hurry? One of my favorite verses that kind of shows this and kind of elevates it to me is in Matthew chapter 11. And it's something that I've actually used countless times. In Matthew, he records these words coming after the idea of John the Baptist kind of being in this moment of going, hey, are you the son of God that we were looking for? Are you the chosen Messiah? And Jesus responds and goes, yes, I am to John which is an amazing moment where like finally he's confirming exactly who he is and John's in prison, eventually going to be beheaded. And of course he gets word back that he is. And I think at that point he's, you know, his life had been just this crazy ministry of baptizing people outside of Jerusalem and leading people in repentance, preparing the way for the lamb of God. And now he's in prison and his life has slowed down, but he's getting confirmation that Jesus is who he is the son of God, the Messiah. And I know for me, um, that would be a moment where the current suffering of prison all of a sudden is confirmed and his mission had been completed, right? That he had prepared the way that the Messiah had come. He had done the good work. And that's amazing. But then right after that, we get the recorded words of these Pharisees and teachers of the law that are just coming after Jesus and Jesus is not happy with them. He is frustrated with them. John the Baptist has done a better job of preparing the people than they have. And they are the religious leaders and the church leaders at the time. And, and he is frustrated with them. And so at the very end of that section, after John's section, after this section with the Pharisees and Sadducees, we get Jesus's words to the crowds, to the people. And I think to my own heart, whether I feel like John the Baptist some days or I feel like a teacher of the law pursuing my own path and forgetting the need for Jesus, we get these words from Jesus himself. And this is what he says, come to me, all you are weary and, and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I think when I hear those words, I hear it for the people that are like John, that are John the Baptist, who are 
doing what God has called them to, but they are currently suffering and in a place of like a prison. Maybe it feels like that at your house, a quarantine. And you're, you're asking if this is the right way. And Jesus is going, cling to me, cling to me, cling to me, cling to me. I will not give you more. You will, you will not, this wasted, it will not be wasted suffering. Come cling to me. And then for those of us that sometimes find ourselves like the Pharisees, ignoring God, hurrying through our lives and plans, Jesus is going, you're going to burn out. It's not going to last. It's not going to work. You can't do this on your own. You need to come back to me. And I can't help but feel like that is what I have gone through over this last month. And maybe for a lot of us, that's what we've gone through. We have hurried through our lives. We've rushed through sometimes the religion of what we've done. And we've found ourselves in a quarantine prison asking Jesus if he truly is who he says he is. And Jesus says again, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you sad? Are you lonely? Are you fearful? Come to me. I'll give you rest. And I need that. Uh, Even though my life slowed down, even though I don't feel hurried most days, I still need to cling to Jesus almost every day to get over the what ifs and the worries, Uh, whether they're financial, whether they're with my family and wellness, or whether it's just my own soul and my own thoughts. I love Eugene Peterson's translation of this NIV, this national international or national internet, the NIV is the, is the NIV. What is the NIV? New international translation. Um, the NIV's translation that Eugene Peterson makes into the message. And it's probably one of my favorite crossovers because Eugene Peterson wrote this in a time where he wanted the Bible to be understood for a certain group of people in his congregation, in his church in America. And so this is his translation of that same section in Matthew uh, chapter 11. This is what he says. Are you tired and worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I will lay down. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and learn to live freely and lightly. When I hear those words, it makes me and reminds me that no matter if I'm in the busy stage of life or if I'm in the trapped quarantine stages of life, that there is something that happens that Jesus does internally that changes the way I feel freely and lightly, recovering real life, real perspective, real understanding. The last quote I want to give you is actually something that I was sent last night um, by Seth, uh, one of my good friends. And he, he sent this to me, and I thought it was just perfect for the way for us to see what's going on around us without being hurried and resting and not wasting the suffering. C.S. Lewis wrote during the World War II era in 1940s in uh, London, they were getting bombed. And he actually was able to go on the air of the London radio and talk to the people almost weekly. And that's Mere Christianity, the book that is that is the actual just transcripts from those conversations on the radio. And one of the quotes from that comes while London is being bombed by Germany and hope is and despair is kind of taking root. Um, C.S. Lewis is trying to bridge hope back into the people. And I, I find that we, we would probably take the coronavirus over bombings. We probably would take that. And I can't make that direct translation. But at the same time, I think for a lot of us, the information of the things we're seeing every day feel like waves of just new information, new new chances to be 
frustrated or fearful. And I think these words ring true. And, and this is what this is what the quote says, C.S. Lewis. Satan will say, I, I will cause anxiety, fear, and panic. I will shut down businesses, schools, and places of worship and sporting events. I will cause economic turmoil. But Jesus responds, I will bring together neighbors, restore the family unit. I will bring dinner back to the kitchen table. I will help people slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to rely on me and not the world. And I will teach my children to trust me, not their money and material resources, material resources. I I found that to be so poignant to the way that I feel like I have internally been strengthened through my suffering, that God has exposed the things that matter most, made me see the things that I've been given on a different level and cling to him when I feel any other thing than that and to not hurry through this pain, but let him work through it in me. I know that you may have some other things that we need to talk about over the next few weeks, and I hope that you're taking the time to comment below on the things that you would like to hear. But in between this week and next week, whatever comes, whatever may happen, I hope that you will take the time to walk with Jesus, to rest in Him, His unforced rhythms of grace, freely and lightly live underneath His banner. Regardless of what happens, God is with us. He is for us. Who can be against us? You guys have a great and glorious day in the Lord. We'll see you later.